man, this comic book sucks. And the reviews online said it was good. I wasted my money. Why didn't somebody tell me? Hey, everybody. This is Spinner Rack. We're doing our comic reviews. We have one of two going on today. We're continuing the crossover of the button between Flash and Batman, the DC Universe Rebirth crossover. And Petey's here. We also have, tell them who you are. Calvin Ellis is here, ready and rearing to go. Well, when we last left you, the button had caused so much havoc in Batman 21 Everyone was sitting on the edge of their seats to find out what's going to happen. Is this going to tie into the Watchmen? It does have the same button. What happened to the Reverse Flash? We don't know what's going to happen. So here we go. We have to go to Flash 21. And that's the button part two. Never has a button been more important. Yeah. How else are you going to sell this stuff? So, you know, we get into the story. Anybody, if you're paying attention to it, they've been slightly highlighting these other they're slightly highlighting other characters that are also pivotal towards i would hope this story but also to the dc universe overall in the first story we had saturn girl irma was there and then the the flash 21 opens up with johnny thunder if i'm if i'm remembering correctly the you know the genie and say you that's what say you so somehow they need to play into all of this but what i did like in Flash 21 is that finally the detective aspects of the story have come into play but the strange thing it's more so with the Flash looking at you know what's happened with Bruce and uh, rather with Batman being beat up by the reverse Flash as a crime scene and then we get a grilling scene between the two of them you know pretty much talking you know detective lingo or at least more like cop lingo did you analyze this did you use this machine did you use yours or mine so those are some good beats that we get right there and then after that little bit of detective stuff, we're back to the comic book. It's time to travel through time. And I see the cosmic treadmill again. And I'm kind of scratching my head because I, I don't read the Flash comics regularly. So I'm getting a lot of this through osmosis. I thought the Flash could just travel through time on his own now. He didn't need the cosmic treadmill. Now they're bringing the cosmic treadmill into it. And I'm trying to remember, when did they bring that back? When did the cosmic treadmill, re was it, when was it reintroduced into the DC Universe? Because it couldn't have been before Barry came back. You know, the last time I saw it, it was destroyed at the end of the crisis, and they just decided to never rebuild it, which I always thought was pretty funny. They were just like, hey, you know what? It's broken. We can never rebuild it. Like, why? Why, why not? <laughs> like, you know, you can just do the end of that. So those were some questions that actually came about. And then, of course, we get, what are we taking? We're taking back to the Flashpoint Universe. Which is a universe I don't think we ever need to return to for any particular reason. But we're taken back to the Flashpoint universe. We get to see that meetup between Batman and Son. And by Batman and Son, I'm not talking about Damian Wayne. I'm talking Thomas Wayne, who's Batman, and his son, who is also Batman. So, of course, the fanboy, the part he wants to geek out, is like, oh, wow, the two of them actually meet. Let's see what happens. And, you know, th that was the... the uh, the meat of what was going on in the issue in contrast to the first part I think this issue was better in terms of story the other one was very much an action driven pulse pounding pace setter and then this slows it down just a wee bit to actually do a little bit more of the story beats that we should have between two detectives and then get into the comic book uh, travel through time stuff and all of these other things that would come. And we see how much the crisis and all this multiverse is going to play into it. But the artwork here, in comparison, I mean, I guess this, I mean, 
Fabak is just doing a really killer job on everything that he's put his hands on. So I guess he's just a hard guy to follow. And Porter's work looks very craggy and scratchy in comparison to the line work that Fabak is coming up. Fabak's work is like really robust, uh, really meaty, really hearty. And the stuff with the stuff with Porter, I mean, and I understand, you know, Porter. In, if I'm correct, Porter injured his hand, so he's not uh, he's not using the same hand that he would have used years ago in order to sketch his art out. So that's part of it. But it's just a it's just a hard act to follow with Fabak. But aside of that, yeah, I mean, I think so far we've come into part two. It's playing out pretty well, and I'm definitely looking at I'm definitely looking forward and interested in seeing what happens in part three. I'm gonna work backwards since uh, you went and did an overview. I would go to say I have no problem transitioning between uh, Firebach and um, Porter. I think Porter has always been interesting because he's primarily the same in the same vein that um, uh, Scott Collins is. They both have, as far as anatomy, they both have a stylized anatomy. But their strengths that they have is the same strength that McFarlane used to have, which is understand how to set up scenes and do wide shots. Like, that, they, I mean, no one really can beat... Like, they almost do stuff that's close to Jeff Darrow as far as their wide shots. Like, doing the Batcave with the ropes all around it. And, um, you know, they just do nice scenery and setup. Like, that's... That whereas their anatomy can be a little off or a little stylized, I'm sort of like I always like you like you got an image guy, but he has you know he was never an image guy, but he has an image sort of style, but at the same time he does his basics as far as drawing backgrounds and setups and buildings and whatnot are just unmatched. You can't beat the setups that he can do the same way Scott Collins can do a city like um, Porter. I can see, I was glad to see, because I didn't, when he did the Flash, but way before, I think he did the Flash when Barry Allen first came back, and I don't think that was working, but this stuff was really, he really showed to me, like, he still got that strength that he had, I mean, he's a better artist than he was on JLA way back when, but, um, so then that part, the part for me was a little too procedural for me, and when the treadmill comes into play, like, they just, is it? the treadmill not working right because they're going to a timeline that should have been X'd off. You know, what's the point in it's still going and saying, oh, there's alternate timeline because we're going to build back to the alternate timelines. It's like, I don't know that the treadmill should lend the, send them right back to, you know, besides for fans seeing the, the flashpoint because it was just like, and then the other crazy thing is that the cosmic treadmill is a treadmill. And only Perez could make, I mean, the Porter did a good job of making it look like something, but it's still a treadmill. And, <laughs> and that's the craziest part of the minimalism that you could do in comics where you have a cosmic treadmill and Perez designed something that works in the way that you believe that this treadmill can send you through the past and the future and all this other stuff. So I'd say the treadmill still works. I just didn't feel it should have wound up in an alternate timeline unless planned that way. They're supposed to be following the radiation from the button, or at least that's what the, that was the premise was, and somehow the radiation is leading them back to the Flashpoint universe. So then there's that. But, I mean, I'll be honest, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because that universe was supposed to have been gone in order for this new 52 universe to exist but then it brings in a whole bunch of other stuff that just doesn't make sense because then you have to throw in convergence and it, it becomes like a whole 
bunch of mishugash in order to really put it together. Which and it all stems from crisis at the end of the day too. I mean, if you if you're not familiar with crisis and if you're not familiar with flashpoint, then reading these things, yeah, you're going to be being ignorant of those things is not necessarily going to lessen your enjoyment of the story, but. It, it, it definitely helps, you know, to keep you from scratching your head more than necessary as you're scratching your head even with knowing all of those things. It's tough because most comics these days, that's why people don't like flashbacks and a bunch of other stuff. They they somehow, everyone's in the know, whereas you're supposed to just already know this stuff when you go in. So it's like, I need some, I mean, it's not, I'm, I was able to follow, I mean, I haven't, I know some of this stuff, but... It's not too confusing, but it, they don't plan on uh, nobody, someone coming in from nowhere and just saying, "Hey, I want to pick. I like this cover." And it's like, "What the hell is this? What's the Cosmic Treadmill? What's Flashpoint? What's Watchmen?" Or you don't even hear what's Watchmen, but you don't know necessarily know the significance. So at that point, it was a, with a push button, with a button, be have this emph- emphasis. Why? I mean, we you have to already know what's going on to get some of it. So. I see. I definitely see your point, and I, I guess the last thing I would like to add to this is the there's a point where Batman's in the bed, Bruce Wayne's in the bed, and then um, he says, "Was it Thorn said he saw God?" And Bruce Wayne says, "With a capital G," and I'm like, I don't know if that sounds like Bruce Wayne to me. That's not necessarily Bruce Wayne to me. So <laughs> it's a little, a little too, um, you know, a little too. Matter of fact, I mean, it's a little thing, but no, the capital G part, it just sounds, it doesn't sound like something he would say. It'd be something more. That's not his dialogue. That's not. A... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he he just got beat up. So, you know, hey, we'll give him a pass. We'll give him a pass on the dialogue. But don't worry. He gets a lot better in the next issue, like, like completely healed better <laughs> in the next issue. I guess that's it. Do you want to give it a grade? Oh, yeah. So far, pretty good read. Four out of five. Lord, I, I'm, it's too procedural for me. I'm giving it a two. Okay, so I'm going to have to up mine to a five so we can make How it. How are you going to up it to a five? You already gave it a four. I can change my grade. You can always change yours. I never stopped you. No, I'm just kidding. We'll keep it at a four. So we average <laughs> this one out. This is going to be what? This is going to be a three at the end of the day, but still worth your money at the end of the day. So don't worry about dropping some change on this one. Good read. Very entertaining. I'm more for you looking at it for the art that way. And then if you want to stay with the story, I mean, you, you, yeah, I guess you just definitely have to read it. So if you're staying with the story and we're still reviewing it, I guess you have to get it. So, all right, we're going to get on to the next one. That's going to be our very next review. Batman 22 is coming up. And we'll see you then. See you then. Thanks, Thanks Generac. Generac. You saved me money.